Well, hello. Hi, hi everyone. We're back. I know it's been a quick minute uh, that we've been gone. So um, we decided to go on a little emotional adventure. And, sure and so we're, we're going to share with you um, where we stopped along our journeys. And but to start off with, we're gonna say hello to Mr. Herlin, and we have a special guest, our um, seven, eight, and nine counselor, the amazing Miss Emily Johnson, Mrs. Emily Johnson. So welcome. Hi. How are you? Kyle. Thanks for having me, guys. We're glad you can make it with us, especially on their topic today. It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good one. So do you want to dive right in? I do. I do. So we got, we strapped on our emotional seatbelt um, because it's been literally one year since we went into lockdown and um, we started to hear murmurings of it around March 9th. Um, yep. I know for me, I was like officially in uh, by the 16th of March last year and, um, and what got us thinking about it is like um our our principal sent us an article by matt volano on cnn called hitting the pandemic wall because he was noticing that the morale in school with kids has um waned kids are tired um and so we were we were thinking about okay well um if they're hitting this emotional wall or uh, this pandemic wall like what what can we do to help kids discuss their emotions mm -hmm. identify how they're feeling um so that we can be good leaders in the classroom um yeah so i i think that that's a good summary we're gonna yeah. go deep and kind of geek out about it um so we started with that article and then that led us to uh brene brown uh podcast dare to lead and she was introduced she was interviewing a woman named Dr. Susan David, who discusses emotional agility. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. Um, and then some tips and uh, just some of our takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our takeaways from it, because I, I don't know about you, but it was a fascinating adventure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I guess the the first what really struck me with the article from CNN, um, you know, that the, our principal Gail McVillano was just the, you know, people are stressed. They're just like like one of the quotes here from a sixth grader: "I'm tired. I'm stressed. I feel lazy." You know, <laughs> they're just everything is just so awkward. You know, and so, and I think that's a pretty good summary of the way a lot, you know, not only kids but I think even adults are feeling as well. You know, it's just like, you're just done with it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, like, your brain's done. You're sick of it. It's over, you know? And so, you know, what was really interesting um, to me was, um, you know, the part where younger kids in particular, even I would say high school some in some cases, but maybe Emily can speak more to that too. They just don't know how to even label what they're feeling even. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's where things are going to tie in, I think, to what we're going to talk about later, but what do you notice, Emily? I mean, you're in the trenches with it. Yeah, you know what's interesting? So um, I don't remember when it was, a couple months ago, remember how we surveyed our students? 
And one thing that came up was when we asked them, you know, how are you feeling? A lot of them would say, I'm tired. And what I wondered is, okay, are they really tired? I'm sure most of them are probably up really late at night, but are they just not knowing how to label what they're feeling? So they just say, I'm tired. Kind of like when adults say, I'm stressed. Exactly. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Like, well, what does that really mean? So I kind of wonder how much of that is, you're right, they don't really know how to label what they feel. And then that sense of, you know, do they feel some sort of shame or guilt or burden for feeling that way? Then somebody has to deal with, with me because I'm feeling this, this quote unquote negative emotion. You know, I think our students sometimes are taught that being sad is bad, equates to bad, you yeah. know, that that's something that they shouldn't, it's bad to feel that way. When really being sad is, is normal. You're going to feel sad, mm. you know? Um, but I, so I think sometimes they don't always express what they're really feeling. And that really clicked even with me personally with, cause I kind of felt bad. Like sometimes, you know, we try to make the culture positive and mm-hmm. then sometimes I think it can be overdone to the point where it makes you like upset that there being too much positivity. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, yeah. because I, you know, and then after listening to this, you know, the, the podcast and some of those stuff they were talking about makes a whole lot of sense that it's almost like you're not being, you're not, they're not accepting your right to, you have those emotions and to step back and, and kind of analyze them. Yeah. I think sometimes the intent is good at first, you know, trying mm-hmm. to have somebody see the bigger picture or, you know, let them know that it's only temporary. And, you know, that you try and say these things to try and make their experience better without realizing that you're kind of invalidating their feelings yeah. and telling them that they're, you know, that these feelings, they shouldn't feel that way, you know, or that they're a, they're a drag or a Debbie Downer, you know? And so I think well, sometimes attention's good. And I also think that like we want, we, we're keeping, you know, as teachers, I think what we're, we're trying to have them do is compartmentalize. Um, here's your schoolwork. We want you to succeed in your schoolwork and you're going to have to set your feelings aside. And I think what, um, what was really enlightening for me is that actually, no, you have to integrate, you have to do both at the same time because no one feels you can't expect um even ourselves if we're disappointed and sad um or if we're we're not super trusting and feeling unsafe then we're not going to be collaborative we're not going to be innovative because we're you can't um it's difficult to be both of those things at the same time um so i think i think what was helpful is like how do you acknowledge where kids are so that we can get them in even our own selves, like so that we can get them to be productive and collaborative and innovative. You know, well, maybe we're, we're asking them too much, you know. They're, they don't know how to, they're, you know, I mean, yes. to be honest with you, this, what we're gonna talk about in a little bit here, I didn't even understand you know, how to do that. And now this is really help, even helpful for me as an adult, even, you know, it's like um, the, from the article from CNN there, um, you know, the five stages of grief they, they cited there. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, everybody's stuck in that anger or depression stage, which is so true. They don't know, you know, they don't necessarily know how to label it or they don't know how to step back 
and look at it and kind of what's the steps to getting out of it, if you will. Yeah, and, they, and they, they even said big feelings look different in older children. So, yeah. so what do we do? You know, what do we do? How do we acknowledge the situation um, with, with, we're, so that we're really seeing them? They feel like we're, we're empathizing with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the art, in the, at least in the CNN article, they were just saying, you know, that it's okay for parents to share disappointment. So, you yeah, know, to verbalize their disappointment, you know, and, and allow kids to do the same, you know, um, yeah, I think that's a big one, you know, just allowing you to share how, how it's the pandemic is impacting you, um, to hear that you are also f feeling some of these things and to be more specific with it, like they mentioned in the article. So I'm disappointed because I don't get to sit with my colleagues and eat lunch, you know, and being more specific about it. Yeah. It also normalizes the feeling a little bit, yeah. like, okay to have this feeling. I feel mm -hmm. this way. You know, my colleagues feel this way. Your friend, like we all feel, have these feelings. And so it makes it also like we're in this together, you know, we, you know, yeah. you're not so alone with it as well. Yeah. So sometimes I think as, especially as teachers and everything, we think that we shouldn't share our own emotions. You know, it, it's not about us. We shouldn't, but really sometimes sharing our emotion and how to a certain degree anyway, you know, really helps them and helps them to see, okay, I have, you have these feelings too, and you're coping with it. Because yeah. coping skills aren't directly taught. You don't magically know what to do with anger and everything. You have to learn. How exactly. And that's yeah, and it, a lot of times it isn't even anger, you know, it's grief or it's disappointment right. or it's, you mm -hmm. know, like the way that um, another um, person sort of taught me about that. It's like a, an iceberg. So you have, mm -hmm. you have anger at the top of that iceberg, but underneath that is all those other mm -hmm. emotions that it's like really actually about. And so to be able to acknowledge that and talk about it is, is important. Um, and I don't know that we have check-ins with kids, do we? I mean, I don't know how much we're able right now to have check-ins with our students too, like parents could do at home even, you know, like okay. to see regular check-ins with the kids to, you know, I mean, I, I'm fortunate in the sense of um, a lot of the students come in and visit before school. You know, <laughs> yeah. so it kind of feels like that's kind of like their check-in. I mean, like I literally had probably, I know I had six people in today, every day. Um, and it's kind of cool for me because you kind of, you know, you get to kind of say how things going. And I know they get that sense of checking in and it really never clicked to me until really right now, kind of that maybe that's what they're doing. And I yeah. just wonder, you know, do we really provide for that officially? I don't know that we do right now. Maybe not officially. You know, but or is I mean, there a way? I don't know. I mean, research definitely shows that when you're able to label your emotion, you know, express that emotion, even your facial expressions, you're allowed to emote. Yeah. That helps you regulate your emotion. There's, there's a reason, you know, you do that. Um, and it actually helps you to cope with that emotion. So allowing students that opportunity to say, hey, I feel this way and, you know, not making them feel like they have to hold back is, is really a helpful way for them to, to manage that emotion and to lessen and to not give it as much strength, you know, by being able to express that. So we don't have 
maybe as formal check-ins, but definitely something you can do in the classroom. I think sometimes it's a scary thing to ask students, you know, how you feel, you don't know what answer you're going to get, Right. but you know, but I think it's worth taking that five minutes. Mm -hmm. I think what you get back in return is worth the five minutes to to check in in the classroom. We used to do that last year when, you know, we do that check-in in right at the beginning of class, like on a scale of one to five, um, mm-hmm. one being, you know, really low, five being really great. Um, and why would you, why, why would you give yourself that number? That was like a good way to like dipstick the class to just see how, how people were doing emotionally. But I feel like this year it's been really challenging. I haven't done it as much this year because there's no time. And there's so much uncertainty too. And there's so much uncertainty, you know? So ultimately that leads us kind of into Dr. Susan David with emotional agility, having the agility emotionally to to really be able to move and not get stuck. And I think that's kind of, you know, is a really cool skill to be able to have. And it's so exciting that, you know, you're able to, we're able to kind of find that because I learned a lot myself. Do you want to talk about what that is, um, Deb? Yes, um, I, I do. Um, so she defines it as an individual's ability to experience their thoughts, emotions, and, and experiences in a way that doesn't um, drive in negative ways, but instead encourages them to reveal the best of themselves. So it's a way for them to not highlight how how they're how that's a negative aspect of themselves but it actually shows that that's the best part of them so if they're feeling anxious it's like how do they befriend that anxiety i acknowledge the fact that that this is the way i'm taking it um like that anxiety and 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 looking at like well how does that um how does that help you get through um, stressful situations. I mean, I, it, that's how I would take it. How would you, how would you, def- how could you like make that more concrete, Emily? So what I heard like, is that it's kind of like, so what, even what she said, so she said, you know, it's a radical acceptance of all our emotions, even the messy ones. And yes. that's the cornerstone to our resilience and thriving for true authentic happiness. And so it's, you know, no matter what it, that emotion is, there's no bad. It's that non-judgmental and awareness of this is how I feel in this situation. And there's no judgment of this is good or bad. It just is. Right. It's, you know, and, it's a yeah. signposting. You know, yes. that's what, yeah, you know, it's like literally signposting, you know, the things that you need and care about, yeah. you know, and uh, like I thought it was interesting, like grief is love looking for a home. Oh, or, you know, or I, anger, the phrases that she yeah. said were just amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. Anger I is foundation to courage. You yes, know? and um, my comfort um, when we don't do that. Yes, my, what are you going to say? That when we don't acknowledge it and we just like say, oh, okay, well, so you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed. Just be positive. Be positive. Why are you so yeah, negative? Tell me what you're grateful for. Yeah. That That what we're doing is saying that my comfort is more important than your reality and it's like wow yeah she there were so many like great lines in it 
Um, I think my favorite one that, um, and I hope that I don't butcher this, but in in South Africa, they say sawabona, which means um, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you in whatever ever shape that you're in, you know? And and um and I so I loved that I love that well, it's reading. Seen, yeah, it's interacting it's it's interacting with the world essentially the way it is. Yes. Know? Yes. You know, and those big labels like we had mentioned before, like you know, stressed or anxious or whatever, you know, those big emotions are you know, we essentially as she said our body doesn't know what to do with those big emotions, you got to try to make it more granular. You got to try to step back, you know, and and you don't get the goods. You don't get the goods and get to like getting like a doing those bigger things until you till you are willing to look at tough emotions as part of our contract with life. Like I like how she says that 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 if we don't experience those tough emotions, she's like that's how. Those are dead people's emotions, <laughs> you know. Um, the dead people's emotions is that they they don't want to feel anything, and we we don't want to be living like that. We we want to be feeling those emotions. And, and can I just tell you though how how interesting it was though too that <laughs> like I did the whole I am whatever you know like I am stressed or I am worried. Yes, or, yes. It was so cool when she said you know we're basically defining ourselves as emotions. Yeah. That was yeah. huge, Rochester. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, I'm anxious, right? Yes. Can I tell you how many times that we say, and I'm sure you guys do too, you know, like I'm stressed, I'm so annoyed, you know, but like, and then she says, label the thoughts, label thoughts, emotions, like I'm noticing, I'm noticing I'm stressed out. Okay. Step aside, look back, you know, and, and work through that. Dude, that's so cool. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's got to help kids, right? I mean, I think that helps help them verbalize it. Like, what is that linguistically? Like, like having them verbalize it. Why is that so powerful for them? And you know, the thing is, though, is then it's you know, it kind of like when you talk about people with disabilities. You say the person with a disability, not you know, um, an autistic child, or you know, you put that first. So same thing with the emotion. Yeah. Like instead of you know, I am stressed. Instead, I'm noticing that I'm feeling stressed. It just puts that you know, I am not my emotion and yeah. that my emotions aren't going to own me, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's super powerful for, for students to hear that just because you feel this way, it's you're still you. in the driver's Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's the whole thing in allowing, what was interesting is allowing kids to experience those emotions is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we just want everybody to be happy and, you know, all the time. And if mm-hmm. they're not, we got to change. We got to put up posters or something, you know, and that's not realistic. So then they right. can't ever meet that unrealistic standard. Exactly. Which stresses you out more, right? <laughs> but what yeah. I, one of the things that she said that I thought was really interesting is when she said diversity, isn't just people. It's also about what is inside of people. So mm-hmm. also our emotions, you know, so yeah. one person might feel a different differently in the same situation. And we have to respect that just as much as all those other things that we respect about our differences, but with one, one another, our culture, our race, our emotions, you know, they're, they're real. And what was really, what was cool though, too, was like, and I wrote this down just so don't forget when we stop denying our feelings exist, 
and we step into what the emotions are, it creates that space that we can actually, you know, get glance at some wisdom and take and kind of say to yourself, well, you know, what are my values? Yes, you, know, you can that, start walking your why. Yes. Right? She said you can start walking your yes. why that that you start to realize. Well, um, like if your friend, like she gave an example, your friend doesn't invite you to a sleepover. Instead of saying, "Oh, well, we'll just go get ice cream right now," it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, um, well, what, what do you value about friendship?" You know, and 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 that's a different conversation with kids. Well, I really care a lot about my friends. Well, what does friendship look like for you? What kind of friend do you want to be? You're teaching them to to develop their moral compass so that they're they're also putting a boundary up for what what they want in their life. Like you said, Emily, like giving them, you know, control of their emotions, control of their what they want in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of, yeah, same kind of point. Like I and if, and I even think for my own self too, like. Um, like so, there's so many times you go to those meetings. We all know that, you know, you go to a meeting and you get so, oh, Emily, you know, you've been to meetings with me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you just get so like upset or whatever. And, and ultimately what was interesting was when you, when I step back now and think about this, it was like, I felt voiceless, yes. you know, and my in my moral or if you will my value you know it's like i i feel like voice should matter you know like your your opinion should matter and and that's a different way of going about something than just being angry and quitting uh-huh. do you know what i mean uh-huh. so that and i think if if as a teachers and adults we can understand this i think we can do a better job of helping kids understand and even help them sometimes when they do stuff maybe that we don't find too exciting either yeah it helps cultivate that empathy where you're seeing them and they're allowed to you know they're allowed to you're acknowledging that they have emotions and that they're feeling in this particular way and so you're giving them i i don't know i guess the same grace like you always use that word mike um Mm -hmm. that you're trying to extend to yourself to just have that voice Mm yeah yeah, it, and it really, um, it's so interesting because that, you know, the last two weeks at church, the the message has been about grace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's so many ways I can relate the two here, you know, it's just, you know, that given those people, how do we say, I see you? How do you, for your own self, how do you give yourself that grace, you know, that we so often need, you know, and, and like, yeah. we have to go to the emotions and then through them. Yes. And I think it's like what Emily's saying too, is like, um, like we're, we're, we're trusting the compass, not the map, meaning like, yes. Um, meaning that we have to admit what we're feeling too. Like we, by, by showing we're disappointed that we can't have lunch with our friends anymore. We're putting words to it. And that is modeling for them to do the same thing. And then we're all on the same playing field. We're not, nobody's, you know, we don't have this like hierarchy or something of emotion, which (laughs) shouldn't exist. Yeah. So cool. Um, So cool. So just really quickly, um, if you had like advice to give to parents or to teachers, um, what, what is the best advice you've been given with regard to emotion 
and what would you want to share with others? So I guess I would just say is, you know, giving them, creating that safe spot for them to express their emotions and then really fully listening when they do, you know, it's hard to express yourself and to share that information with another person about how you're feeling. So creating an environment that is safe and in doing that is by sharing yourself how you're feeling and being open and honest about that and just creating that culture that that's okay to share your emotions. Um, and then providing an opportunity and making sure that sometimes somebody isn't going to say anything unless you ask. And so providing that opportunity to really check in and give them the opportunity to say how they feel. Um, and then whatever they feel, not dismissing it by, you know, saying like, okay, let's fix it or let's solve it, but rather just, okay, acknowledging how they feel and just letting them talk and not trying to solve it as, a, as, it's, a pro, as it's, it's a problem that mm -hmm. needs to be fixed. So good. I love it. So good. So important. Oh my goodness. This well, is great. This is great, guys. Yes, I really appreciate. Um, I really appreciate you coming, Emily. We're we're just yes. so grateful to have you in our school. And there's and our bell. There's our bell. We gotta go. Well, All we right. Thank you for um, dusting off some of the chalk with us. With us so. We do a little. Hey, it's good to be back. Oh, thank you.